Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the elders, their wisdom, their knowing, and my own elders and teachers. Welcome back, everybody. In my own life, in moments of challenge, heartbreak, pain, endings that I wasn't ready for, in all of these different moments, I've always wanted to rush past it and get to the healing. I wanted to quickly move through the processing of it and come to the point where it all makes sense. And I know this is very much a human condition. We don't want to stay in the pain. We want to get to the healing, to the enlightenment even, as quickly as we can. And yet, what I've also realized in the last few decades of my own healing and also the hundreds and hundreds of other healings I've witnessed in women around the world, is that it tends to have its own timeline. We can't rush it. We think we are ready. We think we want to do this in a particular way. And yet, our healing has its own timing. That's what I wanted to speak to today's guest about. Wendy Jackson is a phenomenal force. She has been a midwife for more than 30 years, is a postnatal yoga teacher, a doula, a support person for hundreds and hundreds of births over the last three decades. And she came into my world when she signed up for Mama Rising. But it was actually in her own personal healing and the way that she has processed this, something that has taken more than 25 years, that really has inspired me. What she has shown me, and I hope shows you too in this conversation, is that we can trust this process, that we can trust that there will be a time when we will be ready to sit with these experiences we've had as we've become mothers, as we move through our lives as women, and heal them thoroughly and completely, just as Wendy has with her story. Please be aware that we do talk about birth trauma and stillbirth in this interview. If that is something that you are not able to sit with today, then perhaps skip this episode or come back to it when you have some space to be with it. But also know that in this story, there is deep healing and inspiration. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
Wendy. Welcome to the podcast and thank you for stepping into this space with me and with all of our listeners. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me to be here. Um, I'd very much like to begin with acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land where I live and talk to you from here in Bolu, Perth, the Wajuk Noongar people, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging with particular acknowledgement and respect for the matrilineal matriarchs, elders and aunties whose deep wish and hard work is to reintegrate grandmother's law in birthing on country to heal the past by nurturing the future. Mm, what a beautiful intention for this conversation because that almost epitomises what you represent in how long I've known you and our conversations we've had and what I hope this conversation in this podcast represents, which is a healing of our birth stories, of our stories as women and as mothers and how you have both seen this in the many, many births you have been at and supported and also your own work as a mother and how you have healed in so many different ways throughout that time. So let's start. Wendy, let's share with everybody your experience as a midwife, how long you have been doing this and the, and the, and the stories that you have witnessed through that time. Oh, I qualified as a midwife 30 years ago in the UK um, and it was a time where it was training was very it was still very highly interventional um, and with active management of birth and so the evolution of that to come to a very natural midwife and working with and harnessing natural philosophy and physiology of birthing with women within the labour and birthing room um, has been a beautiful journey um, but as you said, this is a conversation about healing. Now, my story of healing started just over 27 years ago when I had my first child. And you would have thought that as a midwife, you'd know what was going on and be all prepared. Yay, hallelujah. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> and I had learned very early that when working with women who are midwives to actually treat them, as mothers becoming not as midwives because your brain changes, you rewire, the way you think and feel, it's entirely different, the way you process and behave and, oh my goodness, all that midwifery knowledge just flies out the window. Um, now, I've come to where I am now and that is a deep passion and love for caring and being with and nurturing women through their pregnancy, birthing, and particularly postnatally, because postnatal care is such a Cinderella service, and that's when it's actually needed most, because women are just left high and dry, isolated, very much alone. What do you mean by Cinderella service? What does that mean? I think because what it is is that we prepare so much for the birth, Women, mothers, midwives, we do so much in our antenatal education and prepare so much for the birth, but there's so little in preparing for becoming a mother. Now, birth, it's pivotal. It's just so important and stays with you for the rest of your life, all those experiences. Yet mothering is for the rest of it, and we're not prepared enough for it. 
And mm. postnatal care has been cut down so much over the years. You know, it's a few visits by the midwife at home. And if you're lucky enough to be able to afford a postnatal doula, then, you know, you have that much more care and nourishment and you're seen and acknowledged and nurtured as you should be as a new mother because it is also a learning process as you become a mother. Um, and I thought I knew all that and I thought I would be able to look after myself and be okay as a new mother and I wasn't, mm. wasn't at all. My births <clears throat> were traumatic. I had severe postnatal depression and PTSD after my daughter and after my son uh, required an admission to a psychiatric unit that didn't have care for mothers and babies and I was admitted to a general ward. Now I can come back to all that in a moment because through my journey of being a midwife in these latter years I became unwell and not physically able to be present with women at work. And I thought, I always loved yoga, and I thought, mm, I'm going to train to become a yoga instructor with thought of specialising in pregnancy, active mindful birthing, and postnatal yoga, to be able to still connect with women in another way, and, and still be able to teach and be with and have that purpose and passion. And then it became that I wasn't physically able to practice as a midwife or teach as a yoga instructor. And it's devastating. It turned my life upside down. But I couldn't allow all that passion, love, purpose, oh, to go to waste. And it was during meditation that I thought, mm, I'm going to write a book. And I'm an artist. I'm going to illustrate it as well. And I'm going to place all that knowledge, wisdom, love into these chapters and as it's unfolded in such an organic matter seven women are involved and they're writing letters to the readers and their experiences oh my goodness from many early pregnancy losses to stillbirth to severe postnatal depression traumatic birth home birth preterm birth so much and their generosity of spirit to open themselves up in such a way to read as they don't know is just extraordinary and I applaud them for that and I really hope that I can oh I can't find the words it's so big in my heart that I really want to honour them anyway we got together one day for lunch for them to meet Ali had moved back to Nova Scotia so she couldn't be there so six of us six of the women and I met and they were to share their stories. And at the end, they said, Wendy, what's your story? I said, oh, no, 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 this isn't about me. This is about mothers, four mothers. Oh, no, 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 not my story. <laughs> and they said, well, actually, that's not fair. Oh, dear. So I started talking and shaking, heart, you know, drumming, the anxiety there, tears flowing. And I only talked a part about my daughter's birth and we were all crying together and they thought, okay, we understand now why this book is so important. In our culture, we have women, one to five women experiencing postnatal depression, many of them having experienced traumatic birth. And it's the system 
in which we are birthing that is causing this. And it has to stop. So my contribution, my purpose, my passion, whether it comes to anything or not, it doesn't matter. I'm living the book now with these seven women. But it's to, to start to prevent this from happening, to get down to the grassroots. And interestingly, I first heard the word matrescence when I was in bed, you know, migraine, not able to get out, feeling really rough. And I was listening to a podcast, and it was with Julia Jones and you over two years ago. And I went, that's the word, matrescence. And I was like, God, where's a pen, where's a paper? Write it down and then crash again. And then came back to it when I was well. I thought, this is it. This is the framework I can use to tell this story. But from beginning of pregnancy, right through to becoming a mother, this process of mother becoming. And it was then that I saw your training, the matrescence training, the memorizing coaching training. And I thought, this is it. This is where I can actually explore my story and my journey with this foundation to really dive deep into the soul work that we do together and write my story, confront it, look at it, bring it up. And I, I got my notes from England from when I was admitted to the psychiatric unit and from my births. And I looked and I could see in context so much more. Because when you're in that deep black space, some of the reality you think that you knew wasn't actually so. So that clarity was great, but it was hard, 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 hard. And the tears fell, and I wrote, and wrote, and wrote. But the healing that came from that, and then I went on, this is five months of training, so, you know, it's a long process. And can process. I just add in here? Yes. It is. And can I just add in here, Wendy, that... Um, you and I were in contact before the training began just yes. to make sure that it was what you wanted to do. Yes. And I remember, because I think this is really important for everybody who's listening, that I remember you really and still do, anyone who's just listened to the last 10 minutes can hear it, you still very much are here to do this work for others. Yes. You are yes. very much focused on the healing of others, the prevention of this in others, the changing of the system for others. And when you stepped into Mama Rising, there was a very strong, um, strongly held commitment to that. And so the looking at your own story at times, I felt, was not what you thought you'd signed up for. Absolutely. <laughs> and what I think and I think what is really great to explore here with you is that so often we don't want to look at that for ourselves. We just want to go to the solution. We just want it to, we just want to go into the, into a prevention or support of others who have done this. But it is such a powerful step to pause and look at our own healing, even if it was 27 years yes. ago. Yes. Yes. Can you talk to everybody about 
not necessarily a reluctance to look at your own story. I don't know if that's how you would word it, a reluctance, or um, that that um, desire to just be focused on others and what it was like to realise, no, I need to do this for me. Well, I couldn't very well ask these beautiful women to write their letters without writing my own. That's that's not authentic. And mm. I had realised that I had been self-soothing myself and burying my hurt by caring for women over this time and putting in places to prevent it happening to others or to help and support them through Oh, I know that. Oh, yes, Mm. yes. So having done this work and also having been on a yoga retreat and just allowing healing to happen through ceremonies and rituals that I did for myself was so powerful. And a huge message here is that it's never too late. It's never too late. Yes, it was 27 years ago. And on the 2nd of February of this year, it was my daughter's 27th birthday. And while meditating, I just, there was so much emotion and I just cried because it was like closure a healing, and a point now where I can actually talk about my story without getting into a complete state, because I found this sense of peace, of resolution, of realisation of what happened in context with the time that it happened. And that's the powerful message through here, that through matrescence, through that understanding of mother becoming, And all that it encompasses, you know, the social, the psychological, the emotional, the physiological, all of it, the cultural, the historical, everything within context, you can heal. You can heal. I can only imagine what that must have been like to look at those notes from the hospital, from the admission board, from that time with the lens now of not only matrescence and understanding of this mother becoming, but also having seen so many births and seen how the system has failed in so many ways. And, you know, it's really with these wise elder eyes, you get to look back at that version of yourself. It gives me goosebumps. I can't, what was that like to read those notes and see it differently? finally, after all these decades? I sat by myself in a quiet space, but I wasn't alone. My husband was about in the house, so I felt safe. And I just looked and read, and I just went, ah, that's why. Oh, that's what happened. Ah, wow, the realisation. But the tears and the emotion so full in my heart and chest. And my heart rate going, but just breathing through it, just breathing and reading and allowing myself that time to sit quietly and contemplate and reflect and think. And I have to say, I did read initially through the eyes of a professional. 
a midwifery mm-hmm. lens to mm-hmm. see the of context course. of my birthing in that time period and to understand why it happened as it did. And looking back, I can see now that that isn't how I would have approached the care for that mum. Was there forgiveness in that then? So So much forgiveness and peace within that, yes. And that's, Mm. I think that's, that's so important. I can let go of that anger and that hurt and the frustration because now I understand so much more. Having used, mm. well not used, but having the framework, the platform of the matrescence training and that deep understanding and that working with that soul work, as well as my professional hat, I found that that was just so powerful. And then going on retreat with the purpose of deliberately sitting with all those thoughts and feelings and knowledge and just allowing to see what would happen and evolve. And for part of it, I accepted all those emotions. I accepted the deep feeling, but I allowed the effect that they had on me to be released. They're mine, it's my history. But the effects on my physical being and my mind and my soul allowed them to go. Wow. Yeah. And Can you explain a little bit more of what that looks like? So we keep the, the experience because it is part of who we are. Yes. It is what happened. Yes. But we do not keep the emotions, judgments around yes. that. Is that yes. what you're explaining there? Yes. Well, I'm keeping the emotions. I'm keeping all the emotions because that is what I felt. That is what I feel. But it's the effects of those emotions. They're mine. Mm -hmm. That's my story. And it's powerful. But it's the effect that they had on me that I allowed Mm -hmm. to be burnt in the flames of a small fire and sat with that. And then I sat with my mala beads. And I had my own little chant, and I added a word to it, grief. And I usually sit in meditation with my eyes closed, but I had them open, and I was just watching the bees and the dragonflies just landing from flower to flower. And I gave them the grief to take away. Each time, I just gave it to them, gave it to them, gave it to them. That sadness, gave it to them gave it to them to carry off into nature. And that was incredibly healing, and I wasn't expecting that to happen. And then another time I found myself in the bath, again with the lava beads. And I had my words. They were three words. They were powerful words. And it was part of what happened when I was having my daughter. Her heart rate had gone down to 40 beats per minute. And I was living my worst nightmare because I had done a lot of work looking after families with stillborn babies. And I've done a lot of work with perinatal loss since. And I thought I was losing her. 
And everybody left the room, everybody, even my husband, he's an anaesthetist, he ran out to go and get the anaesthetist, and I was there by myself, holding my belly, please don't die, please don't die, please don't die. And that is what caused the PTSD. I would hear a tone or see a colour or something, and I didn't know why I would shake, my blood pressure would drop, I would feel faint, I would become so anxious. I didn't know what that was. And PTSD as a term was relatively new at that time, 27 years ago. Um, the treatment for that was, well, that's another story. And I'll come back to those three words. It was live, 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 alone, alone, alone. And then that Love, love, love. And it was that she lived, she lived, she lived. And I wasn't alone. She was with me, she was with me, she was with me. And that I was loved. And I took myself back to myself in that room to witness myself holding my baby with this heartbeat dying. And I just felt held, held by the love of the women that. I know that I'm working with through the inner circle, through the matrescence, you know, thinking of my mother, my grandmother, held. So I wasn't alone. Yeah. And, and this is the experience you had in the bath. And yes, then that... I was in the bath and yeah. I came to kneel forwards. I came to kneel forwards and I was holding Marla beads and they fell down. And it was almost, it was like an umbilical cord had fallen down into the water. And I just reached down and brought water to my chest and imagined that it was my daughter over and over. And I did it again, imagining it was my son over and over. And it was like a whole rebirthing, a whole rebirthing of my children with a sense of peace and grace and honouring all the emotions. Goodness, I don't know, I think I filled the bath up with tears as well. But it's, it was a beautiful process. Hard but beautiful. And incredibly Thank healing. You. Thank you for sharing that with us. Do you think you could have done that any sooner? No. Because I'd tried. I'd tried and I'd been through all sorts of the regular therapies and they hadn't helped. And I had just decided for myself, I thought, right, that's it. I'm going to do three things for myself. I'm going to be sterilised. I'm never going to do this again. Bless my husband offered. And I said, no, because if ever anything happened to me, you could still have my children. But I knew I would never survive. So, yeah. And I thought, I'm going to go off to Africa my, by myself for a week because I've just lost, recently lost two of my cousins in a car crash. And I wanted to go and be with my remaining cousin, Amanda, who's very close to me in age. And I'm going back to work. I'm going back to work. And it was hard, but it was purposeful. And I very much healed myself in a way to move forward but buried it deep in my bones 
deep in my pocket. And at the time, that was all you were capable of. Yes, yes, absolutely. This is the thing we have to remember. We do what we can at the time, but there are... Absolutely. We are still moving towards that. That's what I love about your story so much, Wendy, is that we we do wish the timeline was faster. We do wish we could get there quicker. We wish we could move through this. We wish we could process it and understand it. But it also has its own timeline, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. And things like, oh, this is just so emotive because women years ago, up 60s and 70s even, when they had a stillborn baby, their baby was taken and they didn't know where it was. They didn't see them. They didn't hold them. But I know, and I saw a programme of these 80, 90-year-old women who were taken to their baby's graves and the closure they had, the healing they had, even at that stage of life, incredibly powerful. And that's why I say it's never too late. And to also extend a huge gratitude and thanks for holding me through this matrescence journey of the training to become a mammarising coach. Now, I didn't do the training to become a mammarising coach. I did it to inform myself, the book, and as a path and platform for healing. And it worked. So thank you, Amy. I want to read, everybody, one of the quotes we use at the start of the Mama Rising training, which I think just is so perfect for this moment in your story, Wendy. It's a quote by the author, professor, feminist, Bell Hooks. Mm. And she says, Let me begin by saying that I came to theory because I was hurting. The pain within me was so intense that I could not go on living. I came to theory desperate, wanting to comprehend, to grasp what was happening around and within me. Most importantly, I wanted to make the hurt go away. I saw, in theory then, a location for healing. One of my all-time favourite quotes, and it makes my voice shake every time I read it because I resonate with that so deeply because I came to this theory of matrescence didn't even know it was called matrescence either did you at the time because Mm. I needed to make sense of the hurt for myself and the others I saw around me and I see that in exactly your story as well that you came to this thinking I want to make sense of this for others but in this theory you found the healing you needed I did yes that quote from bell hooks resonates so deeply with me as well because I'm a researcher and I want to know why, how, what, when. Tell me now, now, now. Feed my brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> and um, it was, it was very much through theory, through reading, um, that I found so much healing. But it was actually the physical practices as well. That's right. So the theory, the understanding, but the physical, somatic practices. Yes. Yes. So let's summarise with that because I I think you beautifully just pulled in some threads there that we need some theory. We need to understand perhaps what happened in that moment of birth, go back and get the notes. We need to understand the system that we live in, why it is the way it is, what is matrescence, what happens to us when we become a mother. 
that's the theory part of it. But also there needs to be a safe and supportive way to embody and experience this as well. Is that how you would describe this to others? Is that your hope in your work, in your book, in what you are now going to bring to the world? Yes. I couldn't agree more with all of that. Mm -hmm. We need the understanding. We need to know why in order to move forward, to heal ourselves. But that isn't enough in, in isolation. We need other practices and to bring back ritual, ceremony, acknowledgement, bringing it to the light, talking it through, writing it, whatever it is that works for you, but finding and connecting with others who can support you in this journey is so important. I mean, yes, much of it I did privately, but I knew I was held oh. and I could talk. Yes, Wendy, that yes. is so powerful. It doesn't mean we necessarily have to always be sitting in circle, but at yes. least that you have to at least know you have that circle around you even when you're yes. on your own in the bath. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. And through this, wow. I found such peace and grace and gratitude. And now, fully authentic within my writing. Oh. Well, this birth is, you are currently pregnant with this birth. You're almost labouring it at the moment. <laughs> so when this book is here, and as you said, it's a mixture of letters from women who are sharing their story, plus your artwork, your insights as well into matrescence and what we need to do better in the system. When this is fully birthed and earthside, please let us know so I can share it with our community. And I know everybody will be wanting to grab it and hand it around like one of those sacred tombs that is handed around in circle. I know it will be like that. I hope so. I really hope so. I do, because so much understanding and healing can be found within the chapters. Um, yes. And we'll just have to see how it goes. I just I just have to allow it to unfold organically and see, but I'm blown away that you've asked me to come back and talk about it and that you oh, believe yes. in it. And I remember you saying that you felt it was bridging a gap between women becoming pregnant and your work. Mm, it is. And I really hope it is. I really hope it is. And I hope it works towards empowering women with autonomy and strength and purpose and passion and kindness towards themselves and a deep understanding and acknowledgement of the beauty within them and how gorgeous they are as they flourish and bloom in their pregnancy, no matter how they feel, that they are extraordinary, that they have immense capacity to connect mind, body, soul and birth beautifully, no matter how it is, whether it's by an emergency cesarean section or a physiological birthing with non-intervention, that birth is yours. and to be there, present, part of the conversation, part of the informed, 
choice and consent, empowered with integrity and purpose. It makes such a difference to the way a woman feels about birth. Therefore herself. Amazing. Therefore herself. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for your beautiful, vulnerable sharing. I know it is healing for so many. And I know this book will be too. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and believing. One of the greatest experiences in mummerising I have had is getting to know women like Wendy and so many others. Women who have taught me just as much as I have taught them. Who I see as an elder someone I can learn from and Wendy is most definitely one of those. It was such a privilege to share her story with all of you and I hope that whatever timeline you are on in your life and in your healing, today's conversation has reminded you that it's coming, healing is coming in its own divine time and way. Please reach out and let me know what you thought of this interview or share it with Wendy. And as I promised, I will be back with all of the details of when her beautiful book is birthed into this world. Thank you for being here. Until next week, Katnam. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.